Traditional physical therapy is really just a part of the pain management system. It's a part of that cog wheel that helps people manage their pain. It doesn't necessarily ever ask that question of like, are you better? Are you doing the things that you want to do, you know, outside of just existing without pain? Like we tell people all the time, you know, the normal state of human existence is being pain-free. You shouldn't wake up in the morning and hurt. Now that doesn't mean that people are never in pain. Pain is common, but it's not normal. I'm Patrick Chandler. I'm TJ Kiblin. I'm Nick Reyes. And you're listening to Sweat Daily Podcast. This week on The Sweat Daily, we are going to talk to Dr. Jess and Dr. Tim Cummings. They are co-owners and founders of Restore Thrive, LLC. I'm going to let them talk more about a little bit of their backstory, talk about why they started this company and what this company actually is. And then we can kind of get into a little bit about medical field, insurance, not insurance, maybe talk about misconceptions, but we'll get into all of that. First of all, Dr. Jess, Dr. Tim, how's it going? It's going well, man. I know this will probably come out a few days later, but happy opening day to all the uh, baseball fans out there. Tim is so excited. It's a a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It is a wonderful day. Uh, You know, Tim is a a big baseball fan, uh, just like myself. Although I feel like I've dropped off a a little bit in the last few years as far as my fandom goes. I think having the, uh, the no fan experience last year and then just transitioning into the working world has been kind of, I haven't gotten to catch as many games. So hopefully this year, we can have fans at the stadium and actually go out and see some Royals games this year. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to being back in the stands. So. Our kids love it too. They really missed it wow. last year and we don't take them all the time, but uh, yeah, it will be fun to get them back out there. So I'll tell you what, maybe even more than the games itself. I miss it. I've missed the brisket nachos at Kaufman. Like, <laughs> oh, those things yeah. are so good. I don't, <laughs> I don't even care if they had that scandal about like the, the food being, you know, bad. I'm like, those things taste so good. I don't care what's on them. So. <laughs> Right, right. It's like just give me, give me an order of those. A little Baseball experience. Forward to, I guess. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's dive right in, and I'll let you two decide who's going to do do the talking between you two. As far as just giving a brief history of, um, obviously, I said doctor, but you guys are both doctors of physical therapy. You have history of working in um, cash-based practice now, but prior to that, you worked in more traditional style physical therapy. Tell us a little bit about your history and why you transitioned to doing what you're doing now. Well, yeah, I can, you want me, Jess is off looking air, at me. I am, because off air, I was like, well, this was Tim's idea, so he gets to. Right, I guess <laughs> it falls on me. Well, you know, my, my background before I was a PT was as a strength and conditioning coach. And so when Jess and I, got out of PT school and started practicing very quickly. I got kind of pigeonholed as the guy who was helping the people who are rehabbing actually get back in shape so they could do the things that they're going to do. And what really started to kind of dawn on me over the years of practicing in like that insurance space setting, like you're talking about is like, we really didn't have the opportunity to do that well because of the fact that insurance was really dictating how much time and how many visits we had with somebody before they wouldn't pay for them to continue to come. And so it, it really kind of occurred to me, geez, it was probably, I don't know. He was like five years into our professional career. Right. That like, 
long-term, this just wasn't sustainable because we were seeing that we had less time with patients. We knew on the business side, like the clinic we worked for was actually getting paid less. It just wasn't a sustainable business model. And it wasn't good for patients either because we had less time to spend with them. So, um, geez, I think it was probably like a combination of like frustration and sleep deprivation (laughs) around the time we had our third kid. I I just had had enough. And I told Jess, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work but what we're doing now is not working. It's not working for us. Like we're not able to do the things that we want to do as physical therapists. And we're really not even to treat, able to treat our patients very well. And I had seen this with a handful of other people around the country, PTs like me who'd had that strength and conditioning background, really just going outside of that traditional like PT clinic into like a gym space. And it's like, well, we've got like a 400 square foot garage. Like it needs a little bit of cleanup, but like, why don't we just start seeing people out of our garage and we'll see like this might not work, but at least it'll be something different than what we're doing now, which we know is not going to work. And so that's really where the business started. And that was like 2016, 2017 when that started. And here we are like four years later or so. Yeah. I mean, that was the better part of a decade into our professional career. And I will tell you, like we burnt out within a couple of years. I mean, we were tired for many years and it's we love the clinic we worked for it's not like we had a bad work environment or you know we had great colleagues I feel like PTs are really unique like everyone in the city knows each other (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm biased but I think our profession is just really cool and PTs are just amazing people and we all like to work out together and eat healthy and just you know preach health to other people and take care of them so it's just a very unique model but a couple of years in we were working shift work we were working tens which working through our lunch hour and then a commute, you know, 12 hour day, you're gone from your family and um, a lot of chronic pain patients, which I love, but that's exhausting. So, you know, 14 of those back to back to back all day, you know, that really, really eats you alive emotionally because then you come home and what do you have to give to your spouse and your family? It's like, you're living for weekends and on weekends you're catching up on paperwork or doing that all evening <laughs> before you go to work. And so um, it was, it's a tough model. I think not just PT, but any, anyone in healthcare right now feels this. There's a lot of discussion on burnout um, among doctors, nurses, especially, you know, they're working nights and crazier shifts than we worked. At least our shifts were fairly, fairly normal. You know, it was, we were out the door before seven, home around 6.30 in the evening or 6.45 on a good night. <laughs> so yeah, the burnout, burnout happened pretty quickly, but you know, not knowing what we, we didn't know at the time. It's like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> so you spent a whole lot of time and money to get your doctor of physical therapy. It takes you seven years to do that. You get out of school. You think it's going to be amazing. You're good. You got all, you're young, you get all this energy, but then you start having a family and do it for a few years and it, it starts to wear you out. So, um, so yeah. And then I told him he was nuts. I was like, well, I've got two, well, we, but you know, two toddlers, nursing baby, like I'll support you, but yeah, I don't know. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically like, let me know how that goes. Yeah. 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 I'm here if you need me, but (laughs) yeah. So was that, so your first reaction though, Jess was very much like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like I'm super uncertain about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't so much that I, I didn't think it would work. It was just more my, my capacity having such young kids at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was working two shifts. I, when we had kids, I um, quit working four tens and then went down to two tens. Tim was still working full time at four tens. And like, that was enough for me. Like I just did not have the emotional or physical capacity to add anything else to my plate at the time. Um, so yeah, I'm supportive wife, but <laughs> yeah, most yeah, definitely yeah. want. Yeah. You didn't yeah. tell me no. It was just yeah. like, you, yeah. you're going to have to take the lead on this. Yeah. Which- 
I was happy to do. And I had a little extra motivation because I had several colleagues who I kind of shared this idea with before we started. It was just like, that's not going to work. And, and if you like, know Tim, when someone tells him that, he will do it. Like, it however work. it needs right. to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. That is yeah. my thing. It's just like, we'll see. And yeah, yeah here we are. So. so one of you guys, I think it was you, Tim, that mentioned um, when you were seeing patients um, with the old setup that you didn't feel as if you were able to um, deliver the care to the patients that you had that you wanted to, you didn't feel as if the practice was making as much money as it should. Mm -hmm. What was it about insurance versus, you know, this new direction that you guys were taking that, that you thought would change that? Mm. Yeah, it, it really comes down to this idea. If you think about the spectrum of care that you could receive skilled, skilled care versus unskilled care. And so much of what we learned in PT school is, Honestly, it's hard, kind of hard to say this, but it's true. It's unskilled care. Um, we don't use a lot of what we learn in school. Like, yeah, all the things that we use are all of the hours, hundreds and hundreds of hours we have taken of continuing education, learning from much more skilled clinicians than us. As you know, when we were younger in our careers, and shouldn't knock us now. We have eleven years in. We're sort well, of skilled, right? <laughs> but as far as as far as how that relates to insurance, so insurance, when you would go to a, a clinic that accepted your insurance, you would usually go because you're having some sort of problem with pain, something that was limiting you in terms of like your ability to just function normally. And so what, what we kind of saw, especially we've kind of realized this as we've kind of gotten farther out from that model of practice is like traditional physical therapy is really just a part of the pain management system. It's a part of that cog wheel that helps people manage their pain. It doesn't necessarily ever ask that question of like, are you better? Are you doing the things that you want to do, you know, outside of just existing without pain? Like we tell people all the time, you know, the normal state of human existence is being pain-free. You shouldn't wake up in the morning and hurt. Now, that doesn't mean that people are never in pain. Pain is common, but it's not normal. So if we can get somebody to just that normal baseline, well, that's just starting the conversation. And that's where we feel the skill of physical therapy comes in. It's like, all right, if you're out of pain, but you're not able to do the things that you want to do, how do we program for you in a way that gets you back to those activities that you love to do, whether it's training, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, just playing with your kids. Mowing the yard, gardening. Yeah. Like we have clients of all spectrums. Like we consider all of those people quote unquote athletes. <laughs> if you have a body or an athlete, you know, like you should be able to do the things you want to do. Um, I think a lot of people think you only work with athletes. Like we traditionally think of like very high level, your college, you know, college level sports athlete, or maybe you play some sort of professional sports, but that's not what we typically see. We work with people all the way from 20, some, some younger, but typically between 20 or 30 and 65, like between theirs are very, you know, that's most of who we see. And they have all sorts of things they want to do. We have some marathon runners. Yes, we have some collegiate level athletes. Yes, we have some pro athletes, but most people are just people. They want to be able to play sports and have fun. They want to do CrossFit, go to the gym, <laughs> lift weights, play with their kids, like Tim said. So it's a, it's a broad range of people. And that's where, you know, we, we come in, I think, and, and we can really provide, we have the time with our clients. We can do a really good job with them, lots of education. But if you're listening and you've had PT, you probably had your therapist maybe for 10 or 15 minutes of their time during a session. Like you have an hour session of physical therapy, but you will have 10 or 15 minutes with a PT. 
you get thrown on ice, heat, e-sim, ultrasound. It all feels great. <laughs> Honestly, there's terrible research behind ice. It delays the healing process. And I'm so sorry for those listening because everybody loves ice <laughs> right? and it numbs you up. So absolutely. It can help with pain. You can do that at home. I'm not going to charge your intro. Like I, you don't need to pay me to ice you or put heat on you. Like those are things I teach you know, when it's appropriate for home. And, you know, we do have Easton here that can be very useful. Ultrasound has terrible research behind it. So not worth it, but you can bill for those things. So you'll sit on that for 15, 20 minutes. Maybe you have a tech or a PT assistant who will come in and watch you do your home program, maybe progress you a little bit, but, you know, we get that question from clients all the time. Yeah. I had PT somewhere else and, you know, I couldn't figure it out. I was there for six weeks, two or three times a week. And I just go in and do my home program. Exactly. Why are you spending your time away from your work and your family? to do that. You can do that at home. That's not my job. <laughs> my job is to progress you to do the hands-on work that we are very skilled at to get you feeling better, get your joints moving better, um, loosen up certain tight muscles or whatever it is with you, you know, that you're seeing us for. So, you know, what we had found when we started practicing back in 2010, we had an hour with our clients in the insurance model. Every year, the APTA in December fights Medicare wanting to decrease. Remember, every year it happens. <laughs> really what we saw in our professional career was every two years, um, they lost the battle and reimbursement would decline. So we went from having an hour with our clients to 50 minutes to 40 minutes. And that was where Tim and I are like, peace out. Because <laughs> we can see the writing on the wall and we are old enough and been doing this long enough. We remember what it was like to have more time with our clients. And now we are having to sacrifice the quality of care because we can't do all the things we want to do in a session. So that was very frustrating. And I, you know, we weren't clinic owners at the time. So we didn't completely understand the business side, but now being a business owner, like, absolutely. Like if you care about quality of care, you are totally screwed because you will be seeing less clients in your clinic because you don't want your therapist to see four patients at a time or even two patients at a time. So you know, you're not seeing as many people reimbursements, terrible. It's really hard to run a good clinic these days. Very, very hard. So that was a huge frustration for us. And the other thing that people don't always realize is you did a presentation on this a while back for a networking group on how much deductibles have risen in the last 15 years, I think since, what was it, 2005, mm -hmm. 2010, and what's covered. And it's like deductibles have risen over 200%, mm -hmm. but what's covered has kind of stayed the same or declined a little bit. So many people, and if you're listening, you're probably one of them, right? Like you have a high deductible. Nothing is covered until you hit that deductible. Right. So, you know, you will go to PT and maybe pay your copay thinking that's all you owe, but if you haven't met your deductible, you will get a bill for thousands of dollars several months later and be surprised. <laughs> is there, are, is there much, um, where, where does society go off track or where does the U S go mm. off track in recommending cash based, um, health, I'll say healthcare to, to, to yeah. put it broadly. Um, where do we go off track in recommending cash-based healthcare practices as opposed to insurance? Because I feel like this, the, the thought process is typically, you know, we have to use this insurance that is so um, highly sought after and it's yeah. paid for and it's expensive. So we have to use it. Like, is there anyone really fighting for cash-based businesses to kind mm. of ascend the ladder here? <laughs> It's, it's really been a, we've seen just over the last four years, it's a grassroots kind of movement. Yep. You know, we we're a part of a business mastermind group of other cash practice PTs um, around the country. That group, when we started, had 11 or 12 other members. And now we've got, I think, over 100 people who are in that group. And then 
on, they have a Facebook group as well that has grown from like those 12 people to over like 4,000 practitioners around the country. So we're seeing it happen at a grassroots level, but I think it's, it's hard for people, especially who aren't in medicine to really navigate the, the, the insurance kind of labyrinth, you know, so yeah. to speak, where it's like really understanding, understanding, like, what does your insurance actually do for you? Like Jess was talking about, it's like, you know, that's a conversation we still have with new people coming in and they ask about our practice model. They, you know, ask about, you know, do you, you know, contract with insurance? And we tell them no, but kind of the, the expanded answer on that, it's like, if you're thinking about using your insurance, it's not only do you know your deductible, it's do you know what your co-insurance is? Do you know what your copay is? Do you know what your individual out-of-pocket maximum is? Do you know what your family out-of-pocket maximum is? Right. It's like there's all these layers to it that people don't look at. They just look at their monthly premium and think, well, this is going to cover me. And a lot of times it's like, well, maybe, but maybe not. If Most you of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and to answer your question, Nick, I think that's the idea of using insurance. People think like, well, I have to go through my insurance because the assumption is it will get covered. And this day and age, it's not because deductibles are so high. And if you're relatively healthy, you probably haven't met your deductible. And then again, it's a surprise bill. And tonight, like working in insurance and having history, it's like, we know how people bill. I mean, it is outrageous. Even for a visit of physical therapy, if you are billing insurance, you will bill probably over $500 for that visit. That was- you won't get reimbursed that, but right. it is like, insane so that's and how so, that's how much the practice bills the insurance and the insurance yes, takes part of that 500 and gives it to you guys as the practitioners and then they basically say thank and you the client uh, has to pay the rest right yeah yep. and, and that's where they get that bill months later and so when people ask us and they're like "Ooh, your cash and you know most of us is word of mouth we honestly don't get a lot of that people know what they're going to get when they come here they've been referred by somebody that's trusted to them so it's not really an issue but if it is somebody new that you know just saw one of our social media things or whatever, and they're interested, you know, we'll ask them about the deductible thing. And it's like, Hey, I can tell you exactly what you're paying for PT. Like we have an hourly rate. Our hourly rate never changes. It is what it is. This is what you're paying. We take HSA cards, FSA cards. If you've got a lot of people have those, you know, so it's very transparent and that's helpful for the client. Um, and we also tell them like, you'll get that surprise bill months later if you haven't met your deductible and like what type of quality care are you getting? You're going to pay more probably to go to your insurance based PT and get less good care and probably not get better as fast. Or you can pay me cash knowing exactly what you're paying now. And then, you know, I'm going to have an hour with you where I can do all the things I need to do to get you better. You get better faster. You have less visits overall. Um, and you are prepared to know in the future what to do to take care of yourself. This is not just pain management. It is empowering our clients to know, you know, what do you need to do to take care of yourself in the future? It's not that you'll never come see me again. <laughs> My hope is that I do enough for you that you just call me when you can't figure it out on your own, but you have a ton of tools in your toolbox by the time you leave your plan of care with me or with Tim or with Patrick, you know, to do that. So are, that's kind of our model and our goal. Are there for these PT practices that are um, uh, still practicing through the insurance model, do you see more of them gravitating towards cash pay or do they feel as if the economies of like, they, 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 they're just, do they feel as if they're eventually going to claw away enough at the economies of scale that they're going to somehow make it or are they backed yeah. by big <laughs> hospitals? Like what is stopping more clinics from going this route? It it's challenging in, you know, there's not, I think on the one side, 
you know, we as physical therapists were not trained to run businesses when we went through Definitely PT not. school. So just understanding the mechanics of like, how do you run a successful, you know, practice, cash practice, the, the knowledge base is just not there. And there is the lure and the comfort of insurance reimbursement, you know, however low that is, it's like, there's that guarantee and there's a system set up and it's still the dominant system where it's like the doctor sends the patient to the insurance based clinic and the clinic has that relationship with the doctor. And so they can rely on those referrals. They know that those are always going to be there. And so it's, it's a hard thing to kind of put down and say like, no, we're not going to continue to like sit at this table and just take the scraps that, that we're getting, mm-hmm. but, you know, actually give people, you know, a better form of physical therapy and not rely just on this, you know, referral based, like insurance based, like system, you know, where we're just like, we were talking about earlier, a, a cog in the wheel of the pain management system. So which quick note too, um, most States now, including Kansas, Missouri is not unfortunately, but we, we work in Kansas. Um, our direct access, meaning you do not need a referral from your physician to go to gotcha. You can come right to us, which it, it's been fun for us. When we graduated, that was not the case. There were three states that were direct access. And now it's like, there's three states that are not. So it's like, a, you know, in the last decade, like a ton has changed. And that's great. Like we are trained kind of as primary care providers. Like we know when something doesn't smell right. You know, if, we, if you need an MRI, it's rare. But if we see something really serious, you know, we're trained to know, I don't think that's mechanical. Like, I think you need to go have an image and check out with, you know, because cancer can cause back pain <laughs> and, you know, there's serious things, but we, that is why PT is actually a doctorate now to get your degree in physical therapy. When I was in undergrad, I thought I was going to get my master's and halfway through my undergrad, it was changing over to a doctorate, but that's why, because we got some of that extra training to really prepare us to be that first step with somebody, you know, I have things in my clinic to check on a stress fracture, you know? And if I'm like, you have pain with this, I'm sorry, but I got to send you to the ER for imaging. And it's rare, but we can screen a lot of those things. So most people do not need to go to their doctor. And interestingly, I know we're not, we're not recording faces, right? Just voices. (laughs) So I wish I could show you guys we have, and we should probably put this up on our social media. We have a little laminated chart that actually shows you go the route of seeing your doc first because your primary care doc is great, but they don't know much about musculoskeletal. They go, okay, go see the orthopedist, go to your primary care doc, orthopedist. They want to see imaging. Imaging is very helpful people. So I don't want to knock it entirely, but it's also not everything. And I can't tell you the number of times I looked at an image, talked, actually talked to my patient (laughs) and listened to them for 20 or 30 minutes. And I'm like, you know, I know your image says this, but your symptoms do not relate to what we're seeing on this image. So I think something else is going on. And that is my job to do a full exam and to really figure out, is this image, is that the pain generator or is it something else? Because if we treat you for only the thing that's on your image and never examine you, we're wrong. You will not get better. So that's our job. You know, we really are supposed to kind of smell out what, what the issue actually is. And and we love that. Like that's the fun part of our job because people are complicated and every patient is different and interesting, even if they're coming in for a similar type of pain. So that's really what we love. Like we love to be able to have that personalized care. Um, but you'll go, you know, you have imaging, which is very expensive. And then maybe pain management, tons of expensive injections, which maybe you need, maybe you don't. But by the time you get to PT, you had all of that stuff. And maybe your insurance has covered some of it. Maybe you've been charged for that, but you finally get to PT, which that's where we're frustrated because the patients are very annoyed because we're the last stop on the train. Nothing else has helped, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so let's take a quick break here real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some of the unique 
preventative stuff that you guys do at Restore Thrive. What's up, Sweat Daily Faithful? Patrick here asking you to support the people that support our show. Are you sweating about how to best finance your new home? Give Peter Rudd, the helpful home loan guy, a call. Whether you are looking to purchase or refinance a home, Peter will put together a personalized loan solution for you that fits your needs and coach you through the loan process step by step. Trust me, guys, my wife and I are working with Peter right now, and the home buying process could not be easier. He's that good. Call Peter today at 816-508-2233. That's 816-508-2233. Or visit him online at nasb.com backslash p rud NMLS 1791838. NASB is an equal housing lender, member FDIC. My question for you is, we talked a lot about the traditional model of, of not only physical therapy, but healthcare in general. Uh, what in particular do you guys do as a business that is a little bit different on the preventative side of things? What type of uh, products do you offer that you may not see if you go to a traditional physical therapy clinic? Yeah, we've got two, the two biggest ones that, that we use is our movement and mobility assessment and our vitality pro assessment. So the movement and mobility assessment, that's something that um, Kelly Starrett, who started mobility wide and now has the ready state came up with, and I'm a practitioner through that group as well. And so been through that same training, we kind of use that. Basically, we say the movement and mobility assessment makes the invisible visible. So it's like the things that you didn't know that you were missing in terms of range of motion, mobility, motor control, or strength are the things that we're going to pick up in that assessment. And when we find those things, we can create a customized plan that really makes you a more resilient version of yourself or a better functioning version of yourself. Because we see a lot of times those limits, whether they're mobility related or strength related, are almost like having a governor on your car. It really limits your output as an athlete or just like, you know, a person who's trying to kind of work through a physical world, you know, and not having the, the requisite range of motion and strength that you should have. So that's uh, been just a, a really fun piece to kind of add to our practice. And then the Vitality Pro Assessment is really a more nuanced look at, are you aging well in a very quantified way? And so what we do in the Vitality Pro Assessment is we assess kind of five categories in terms of physical performance. We look at strength, we look at flexibility, we look at body composition, cardiovascular performance, and pulmonary performance as well. And then that's all graded on a standardized scale that we compare to the person's age. And so you- chronological age. Right, their <laughs> chronological age. And so you get what we call vitality age in each of those five categories are you performing like you should for somebody who's your age in you know the category of strength or cardiovascular health or pulmonary health or are you aging prematurely or is your training serving you well in all those those areas so for a more active population what we find a lot of times is the pulmonary side of things the flexibility side of things is where people really kind of fall short and then we can get very strategic and individualized in terms of again programming in things that are going to help people fill those holes in their game 
Um, but we found with that as well, just, you know, people walking in who necessarily don't have a fitness goal, but just, you know, want to play the long game and improve that health span, how long they can live a healthy life. We've found that the cardiovascular and pulmonary side of things has been a real eye opener. People are really lacking good pulmonary and cardiovascular health. And so that's really been for us a, a great way to catch those things early and then refer those people on to people who can help them with those things. Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of times we see a pulmonary issue, that's more of a respiratory type of issue. And we're not respiratory therapists. And, um, you know, we have people on our network of providers who can deal with that, but it's a, um, it's just a really nice tool to be able to assess on a yearly basis. Like, how are you doing? How is your training serving you? How is your lifestyle serving you in all of these categories? Right. And there's no like more important year or I guess previous year than to find, you know, maybe some respiratory issues. If you, if you have something underlying, like this would be a great time to find it as opposed to, um, you know, waiting until maybe you catch a certain virus. Absolutely. You bet. And the other thing too, um, you know, Tim mentioned if, if we're catching serious things, we may have to refer on, but if you just have bad pulmonary function, maybe you were premature, that would be me as a baby. My lung capacity is not what Tim's is because he was late, weren't you? You were born a couple of days late. So we know like that- two babies, weeks late. Yeah. Like, you were like two no weeks wonder early. I suck compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, baby's lungs, even in that last week or two, you know, if people like are having like a, um, a section that they're choosing to have that baby early for no reason other than convenience. It's like, I understand that I've had three kids. I totally get it. <laughs> but that baby, their lung capacity is really developing all the way up to due date and beyond. Now a baby comes early on their own. It is what it is. Like we can't predict those things, but if you don't have a medical reason for having a baby early and, you know, choosing a section, don't do that because, you know, their lung capacity is still developing, even though technically 39 weeks is full-term baby. So anyways, we can improve those things. If there's not an underlying serious disease going on, there are lots of things that we can do to help train your diaphragm because your diaphragm is a muscle. So people don't realize that. And that will then improve your athletic performance. So if you're a runner, you know, can you improve your endurance and how far you can go or, you know, whatever it is, like we're catching these things. And so it makes athletes actually better, um, which is kind of exciting as well. If you're just looking at it from that standpoint or what is your weak link? So. Absolutely. So I think that's pretty much all the questions that I had. Nick, how are you feeling? Yeah, I feel like I could always go down more tangents of like, um, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of different spots here. Um, you know, I, I have my own uh, story with regards to wrist surgery and going through PT and, and then comparing that to the experience that I've had in, uh, in having Pat here at, at Kansas Athletic Club. Um, and just being able to bounce different thoughts and ideas off of him. And it's always like a hindsight's 2020, what could have been, what should have been. And so I think I'd maybe leave our audience with at least, uh, the thought of, um, look at the proactive approach, consider cash-based businesses. Um, especially if you think through the, um, the economics of things and how, uh, where your money goes and it may not always be where you think it goes, um, so consider, consider it, take a proactive approach, um, reach out and, and talk to experts like, uh, you know, Tim, Jess, Dr. Pat, all, all of you three, uh, who I would definitely deem as experts in the field. Yeah. And then actually, if somebody were to try to find you guys, social media, website, where, where would they, if somebody wanted to reach out and talk to you or try to yeah. schedule with you, what's the best way to get hold of you? It's really, really easy. Like on all the platforms we're on, it's just Restore Thrive. So if you do that on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like we have 
channels in all those ways. And then our website is just restorethrive.com. So, and Katie is our brilliant office manager. We had to give her a shout out. So you can call. I know that's not a thing. People don't make phone calls anymore, (laughs) but our number is 913-396-9726. And Katie is lovely and she'll be able to help you. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, It's been a great time, albeit all the fun technical difficulties that are going on (laughs) behind the scenes. Hopefully by this time, um, nobody notices a thing and they're like, what technical difficulties? So we'll see how good (laughs) at editing I am. But um, always appreciate your time. Um, I know you're busy, so we'll let you get off to helping people and taking care of those three kiddos that you guys have. So thank you again, as always, Sweat Daily. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Make sure that you like, subscribe, rate, review. All the things today. I know it's been a uh, been something else. Nothing doesn't want this to happen. <laughs> We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna yes, brute force. That's right. Um, power through. Exactly. I literally I jinxed it from the very beginning, saying we're we're gonna be good without any troubles and had <laughs> all the troubles. Here we are. Um, well, we we have a podcast recording this afternoon for our podcast. I'm like, oh, geez, hopefully we'll see how it goes. <laughs> now, this is all all on my end, my computer. Um, I was trying to record to an external like hard drive. And I think that's what crashed the computer. Yeah. And I was trying to like, I'm like, Oh, if I record it on zoom and if I record it on garage band, we'll have two recordings of it. Can't go wrong. Boom. Crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>